Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, and welcome to Relationship Wednesdays. I'm Dr. Nefertiti Noel. And I'm Darren Noel. And we are here for our weekly radio show talking about your relationships. And I'm actually really excited about today's topic, which is breaking free and getting some independence from toxic relationships. So we really want you to free yourself from those relationships that are um, causing damage to you, that are not feeding your soul, so to speak, that are not adding positive things to your life. And we want you to learn how to move forward um, in healthy relationships. We've got a bunch of questions that got emailed to us tonight and a bunch of data to go over with you. But let me give you my background for new listeners. Um, I am a, I, I run and own and have founded a thriving private practice right outside of Chicago, Illinois. We do everything from individual therapy to um, organizational ther- uh, work, um, and we work with medication management and everything in between that. Yep, my background is in corporate America and here at Nawal Associates. I focus on resume consults, mock interviews, and life coaching. Absolutely. Okay. So, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I'm excited about Independence Day is coming up, July 4th, coming up this weekend. Mm-hmm. So we want to help you guys get independent, break free from those toxic relationships. Absolutely. Right. So let's talk about the definition of a toxic relationship. And let me say this. A lot of people um, feel like this could never happen to them. But those of us that have lived long enough know that it happens to everybody. You can have a toxic relationship, whether it's a work relationship, that that person at work that's negative, and when yes. you're with them, you guys are both negative, and it's like, I don't like the company, rah, rah, rah. Right. It can be a, a toxic, uh, intimate relationship where you've dated somebody since high school, and it's like 20 years later, and you guys still keep coming back to each other to finish business that didn't get finished before. It can be a toxic relationship with the current husband or wife. It can be toxic with a sister, a friend, just about anybody. Absolutely. And we're here to tell you that you don't have to stay in those toxic relationships. So this is a a definition of toxic relationship from psychalive.org. It says, a toxic relationship is often characterized by repeated, mutually destructive modes of relating between a couple. These patterns can involve jealousy, possessiveness, dominance, manipulation, desperation, selfishness, or rejection. Not excluded to these things, but can include these things. Um, It also goes on to say that one common thing in a theme in a toxic relationship involves the partner's intense draw towards each other, despite the pain they both cause one another. Um, This is apparent with the couple who have entered into what they call a fantasy bond, um, it's it's like an illusion of connection created by two people that helps elevate um, or alleviate their individual fears by forging false a false sense of connection. And so let's talk about that just for a second. The difference between a toxic relationship and an abusive one is sometimes in abusive relationships, the abuse may be largely dominated by one person or another. Okay. In toxic relationships, there's something about the combination of you two people together that you all, when you're in each other's atmosphere, that causes some some negative effects to be placed on both of you all. You can end up really losing yourself, changing someone, somebody you don't want to be. Hey, I'm becoming someone I really don't want to be, and I don't like. Okay, for whatever reason, when I'm with this person, I'm I'm picking up habits that I don't like. This is not my character. This is not the type of person I am, 
and I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. So it, this person's having that effect on you for correct. some reason. And, and we're choosing to accept that effect. I mean, because I don't think anyone can force you to do something. Right. But when you're in the company, you know, we can all think back to that one person when we were kids between K and 12th grade that when we got with them, it was, like, horrible. Right. Like, whether it was cutting classes or making fun of people or eating like a pig or whatever those things are, that when you get with that person together, you all are negative and, and damaging towards one another. And the person may not seem like a bad person, right? The person that you're with, obviously, you're in a relationship because you like them in some form or fashion. So it may not be this is a bad person, like I said. Like you mentioned, this person was like obvious that this person is, you know, is, is uh, over the top. But it's just something about that relationship when you guys together, it's making it toxic. Absolutely, absolutely. So let's talk about a few things. Darren, you have some things that define a toxic relationship. Let's let's talk about it. Okay. These are really kind of six, a uh, couple of different types of uh, toxic relationships because there's so many different types of toxic relationships out there, okay? And let's get into some of those, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, when, when As you're getting into those, okay, you have, uh, it could be controlling, could be someone who's jealous, constantly jealous of you, it could be someone's constantly blaming, or constantly uh, a person who's constantly lying, constantly cheating, uh, constantly demeaning you. All these different types. Of, so it's not just one type of of uh, toxic relationships. There's several different types of toxic relationships. Okay. Go back through them again. Let's let's kind of talk about those a little slower so people can hear you. Talk okay. About you have someone who's controlling, wants to kind of control uh, your your moves. What you do, what you wear, that type of thing, that controlling. They don't let you be yourself and have that creativity that you have on your own. It's controlling type toxic relationship. Okay, so controlling type. Let's talk about controlling type toxic relationships. Let's talk about them, whether it's uh, intimate relationships, whether it's work relationships, and whether it's friendship relationships. Because I think one of the things that people think about when they think about toxicity is that this is only intimate partners. So a controlling, intimate partner, when you guys are together, it's almost like one or one of you or both of you has to give up your identity, and the other person is running your actions, running your life. I'll give you an example of it. You uh, go out with your boyfriend. You want to go somewhere. You want to go have fun, and you show up to the event, and he says, oh, you were that? Okay, no problem. I'm just, you know, I'm just a little bit surprised that you're going to wear you know, that particular outfit, I like you better, you know, when you're in blue and you wore red. I mean, and it's to me that if you care about me, you wear more blue. Right. So, I mean, you don't have to, but I just don't know how I'm going to feel if you go out like that. I feel myself, you know, closing up, even mm-hmm. hearing that. Someone's telling me that, like, I, you're, you're, you're getting that uh, controlling of me that I can't choose the clothes. <laughs> and it's not the same as, let me clarify, because some people are going to say, well, you know, I do like to make my husband or boyfriend feel happy. I do like to wear what he likes. That's not the same as somebody, excuse me, completely controlling what you wear. So there's a difference between, hey, babe, no big deal, but that dress is a little snug, and I just want to, hey, I want to be the one to let you know. I don't want you to go out and somebody else tell you. We may be dancing all night, and that button's pulling just, just an FYI. It's not the same as, hey, babe, it's a white party, and everyone's going to wear white or silver. So I'm just like, you know, you can wear blue. I'm just letting you know. Those are the, that's a very different feeling than, oh, that again. So you're going to wear that on. So that's controlling with intimate partners. Controlling with work may be something like. Can I jump in that? No, go ahead. Micromanaging. Where someone is getting the, the nitty-gritty telling you exactly how to do the job. They're not just giving you goals and objectives and deadlines, but they're giving you exact details. 
here's exactly how you have to do it. When it doesn't really make a difference, I want your uh, to save your document under this title. I want the, the spreadsheet that they just have the information on it, but I want it to be specifically formatted. It's got to be formatted in this specific way. When it doesn't really make a difference, if column A has a title and uh, B has the owner, things of that nature, where it's not going to make a difference on the results, but they just want it this way. So I can't choose to develop this report my, my own way. If I have a project, I want to take a project, I'm doing a project management, and you know I believe the project should go in a certain flow. You know what? I'm going to tell you exactly how this product needs to go. Well, if that's the case, then you don't really need me to be the project manager. You're the project manager. You just need somebody to just do your wishes. Okay? So you've got those, you know, they want to micromanage you to that level. It takes away your creativity when things don't, when, especially when things don't really make a difference. Sometimes they do, okay, where, you know, you've got to get this permit before you do this job. It has to happen that way. But when there's flexibility, they don't allow you to have that flexibility. It's very frustrating. Let me give you another, because I hear this a lot about work. Another way that work can be controlled, and this is just one example of toxicity. We just want to walk it through from intimate to work to friendship. One example is is when you go and say, I need time off, and you've given them like a week or two's notice of time that you need to have, and they say something like, huh, if you can't, I mean, if, if you don't do the time off or if you don't do what I've asked you to do, then I won't be able to give you that time off. Or if they say, um, it's overtime. Let's, let's use overtime. And you say, you know, I really can't do the overtime. And since it's not mandatory, I want to go home. Okay, well, if you don't do this overtime, then I'm going to stick you on a shift that you don't like. Ooh, toxic. Yes. And then in that, the toxicity level comes in when you don't feel like you have the uh, the inside authority to say, hey, I need to challenge that because right. I really can't do it. The toxicity is when you do it, and then maybe you do come in and do the extra hours, but you break the machine to prove a point. Hmm. You know what? I think I'm just going to stick. I'm just not going to use the safety belt, and I'm going to see what happens if I let this just run hog wild. Right. And then they go, well, what happened, Susie? Nothing. Bob asked me to work uh, five extra hours. I did in the machine with Haywire. Perfect example. Perfect example of a toxic relationship at work. Another one I've seen, I don't know if you ever, I've been in a situation where some, like, your quote unquote boss walks into your office and starts rearranging your office. Mm-hmm. You know, I want your blinds to be a little, uh, they're too, they're, too uh, they're not angled in the right direction. I want your blinds angled in a different direction. Mm-hmm. You know, your printer should be over here. I'm going to move the, rearrange your furniture in your office. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? <laughs> you know, I had a job once and I, I felt like this was toxic. My supervisor walked in, and I was doing my work. I was getting great reviews, no complaints about my work. And she said, huh, you don't have any personal pictures up. You know, tomorrow I want you to bring in some family pictures. Exactly. That's toxic. You mean I've got to decide to display my family when I don't, uh, my, not on my own leisure, but basically because you want to see them there? And she said, I said, oh, you know, I'm just, I keep basically church and state separate. So right. Right. Exactly. I don't really bring my personal pictures in. It's no reason that I need to have. My 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 husband and my kid up and my mom and dad up like at the office. So she said that just sort of makes us feel like you're not invested in the job because you don't have up any personal pictures. I was like, really? Right. And so the toxicity in that is, I literally was thinking like, huh? Like, man, is she like threatening my job over right, right. like I didn't bring a picture? So it was a simple sob. A friend of mine gave me a picture of a rabbit in her uh, in her front yard, and I put it in a frame. And I brought it to work. Right. And so, I read, what's that? I said, it's my rabbit. I mean, it's my rabbit. It's my personal. It's my rabbit. 
my pet picture rabbit. Right, and I brought him in. I also had pictures in a frame that just had the pictures that they came in. So I brought those pictures in. So she said, oh, that's your family? I said, absolutely. The picture in that frame, that's a mom, that's a dad, and that's my rabbit. And I think there was a way, and especially at jobs, you feel like if I if I buck the system, if I don't do what they like, then I could lose my, my job. And there's a lot of informal controlling at jobs and informal toxicity that we have to be careful about. Or the, at work, I would try to determine when we're looking at toxicity, is it the one individual or is it a corporate culture of toxicity? Mm-hmm. Because if it's one particular manager that's having that, then you can deal with that and kind of work around that and deal with it. But if you find out this entire culture, the people know that manager is toxic, they support it, they have other people like that, those people get continue to get promotions, you know what, this may not be the place for me. And then sometimes the thing that's toxic for you may not be toxic for the next guy. There's some cultures where people, like there's some work cultures where people want to be told what to do. They don't care if they get yelled at. You can do whatever you want to do and say to them, it doesn't really make a big difference because they're fine with it, you know? And there's some times where you're like, I I can't take it. I can't live in that culture. So just think about it. The next thing is friendship, controlling in friendships. Now, this is a really big one. Here's a a way that toxicity rears its ugly head if we're going to use the example of a controlling toxic friendship. It's when a friend says, I'm mad at person X, so you also have to be mad at person X. And if you're not, then that lets me know that we're not good friends. Ooh, trying to control your other relationships outside yeah. of the relationship that we have. And then the toxicity jumps in. When you, when instead of you going, uh, no thanks, I'm not going to do that, like they didn't do anything to me, you know, I'm, maybe I won't invite them to my birthday party, but I'm not going to hate them because of that. The toxicity comes in when you say, okay, even if you don't say the words okay, but you find yourself backing up from other people to just be that person's friend. Right. They want to control. They want to control your circle, uh-huh. control who's friendship you are, you know, basically you become me. You're yeah. you're an extension of me. Whoever I'm whoever I like, you need to like whoever I don't like, you should not like them too. And maybe you do that back and forth. Maybe you also say, Yeah, right. And I also don't like person Y. Okay. So if I'm not friends with person X and you can't be friends with and, and here's the thing, people do that through adulthood. I'm like, Really? Right. Like I I, I got a hater for you? <laughs> I, wow, that's but a lot of people end up doing that and, and then preventing their ability to have extended relationships because they've only got one good friend. Um, there are more examples. Sure. Another one is a, a negative thinking partner. And this is comes all comes from uh, www.lovepanky.com. Okay. So Panky? P-A-N-K-Y. Okay. Like Hanky Panky, Love Panky. Panky, Panky. Right, right. Okay. About, uh, this is, again, it's titled about toxic relationships and what to watch out for. A negative thinking partner. A negative thinking partner is one of the worst ones that, that they have. Okay. The partner is extremely unfair to them. Um, they only see the negative side of everything in life. These kinds of partners will suck happiness out of your life before you even realize it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a good one. The negative thinking partner. I'm not going to run through the three um, the three examples with that because I, we've got these questions to go through, and some of them are pretty needy. But Darren, could you just go through the list one more time? We we did an example. We walked you through intimate work and friendships that are toxic with the ideal of control. Let's see what else other examples there are one more time. Sure. We also have the cheating partner. Someone who's constantly cheating, okay? Uh, the lying lover, looking at you, extend it to different types of relationships, but someone who's constantly lying, never telling the truth. Side so note, the cheating friend would be the person that when they get mad with you, they make another person their best friend. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. The abusive partner, okay? Physically, emotionally, verbally. Financially, you can financially. abuse people that way too. Okay. The blaming, or the blaming lover, you're constantly blaming your, your friend or partner 
for all the for the for the mistakes or the challenges they're having in their life. Whatever's going on with them, it's your mm-hmm. fault. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Someone's extremely insecure. Okay, they're insecure about your relationship with other people. We kind of talked about like with that. You know, they're always concerning that you're going to be cheating on you're going to be cheating on them. You're going to pick somebody else to be their best friend. If you're friends with somebody else, you know they may lose out. So they're very insecure in the relationship that you guys have with one another. Mm-hmm. Okay. You have the overtop perfectionist. Okay, someone who wants things, you know, done exactly the way they want it. You've got to, things got to be perfect. Uh, so, specifically, uh, perfectionists are great people to be in a relationship with. But if you're dating someone who is obsessive about the way things are in life, it will leave you frustrated. Mm-hmm. And, uh, okay, and abusive, uh, abusive people can be have, uh, have perfectionist streaks in them as well. Absolutely. Okay. Good. Go ahead. The last one here we're talking about narcissistic partner. Narcissistic. Okay. Narcissistic partner. Someone who's very, they love you as long as you look good, you're making them look good. Okay, but you catch them, you know, you're not dressed to the nine on one day, guess what? They don't really want to be around with you. They're not really concerned with you hanging around them because you make them look bad. Absolutely. And we could spend a lot of time on those other examples, but I, I definitely want to move on to the question and the question. So the first question is, how do you know that a relationship is toxic? Um, so we're going to give you a little bit of an exercise to do that we pull from. This is from Oprah.com on about confronting your toxic relationships. And she took it from a book by Cheryl Richardson called Take Time for Yourself. Um, so let's just go down and talk about the thing. So first, number one is nine steps. Write down the name of a person in your life, and it can be any person in your life. We're just going to give it like a like a test to see if it's toxic or not. So write down the name of a person. All right, Darren, go ahead. Write down the name of a person. Okay, go ahead. Not me. Someone else. Right. <laughs> um, and so here are the questions that you ask. Am I able to be myself with this person? Do I feel accepted by him or her? Okay? That's a good one. Am I able to be myself with this person? Do I, be, do I feel accepted by him or her? Write down the answer. Okay, go ahead. Uh, the next one is, is this person critical or judgmental of me? Is this person critical or judgmental of me? Does the relationship provide an even give and take exchange of energy? Now, let me kind of go down the, the give and even take. The I'm sorry, the even give and take. I don't think any relationship is 50-50, but this question is more talking about, do do I feel reciprocated? In the relationship, do I feel like, hey, I do things sometimes, I plan events, I call sometimes, he calls sometimes, she calls sometimes, you know, or do you feel like every phone call I make to that person is me making the phone call, not them reaching out to make a phone call to me? Um, Do I feel upbeat and energized when I'm around this person or depleted and drained? Do I feel upbeat or energized when I'm around this person or depleted and drained? Um, Last time, do I feel upbeat and energized when I'm around this person or do I feel depleted and drained? Number six, does this person share my values and my level of integrity? Okay. Next thing is, is this person committed to our relationship? Do they want to see our relationship work? Um, number eight, can this person celebrate my success? Okay. Do I feel good about myself when I'm with this person? All right. So if you have more no's than yeses, you're in a toxic relationship. If you have more no's than yeses, you're in a toxic relationship. If you have equal no's to yeses, you're really on the borderline of a toxic relationship. And that's a that's a great point because I did kind of did pick up somebody in my mind in a, in a relationship um, that I'm no longer a part of. And again, the friendship, not not really uh, more than that. But 
you know, they had some, some of the things were right. We had some of the values, but some of the other things uh, had no. So the same values, yeah. Can we celebrate successes? Yes. Okay. But do I feel good when I'm around that person? No. Okay. Do I feel upbeat, energized? No. Okay. Does a, there's a relationship, uh, is a give and take? No. Is a person critical or judgmental? Yes. Okay. Am I able to be myself? No. So some of the key, so to your to point, uh-huh. someone that have, had, could have good qualities. Correct. But that relationship still could be toxic. Yeah. And and let me say this. Let me say this. I don't know if anybody is all toxic. I mean, it's right. rare to find somebody where you're going to go, no, 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 no. If you find that run, you know what I mean? Right. And but, I think that can be confusing to people mm-hmm. because somebody can have good quality. And think, obviously you're, you're with the person in a relationship in some capacity. So there's something about them that you like, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. But, again, overall, when you, when you sum it all up, mm-hmm. there's more negative than there is positive. And you may feel like you need the relationship. One of the things I've recognized is that, especially when we grow up, family can be really toxic, but we may feel like that's my aunt, that's my cousin, that's my sibling, so I have to have a relationship with them. But it's, it's really true that you don't always have to do that. And if you find out that someone's toxic, you need to figure out a way to break away. Maybe we'll talk about that at a later show. So let's go over a couple questions um, that someone has. We don't have time for all of them, but this one, number four, right. uh, this one, number four, is really good to me, and, and I think it's something we should talk about. Let me sure. read it. It says, I'm a 65-year-old and have two adult children. For the most part, things have, have been good with my children, but my adult son has changed so much since he has gotten married. His wife has a different value system than our family, and she can be aggressive verbally with me. The biggest issue is over access to our finances. Our son and our family have a greater income overall than her family. A few times in a crisis, my husband and I have had to bail her family out of things. Recently, I decided that I need to focus on my own retirement, and I do not want to pay bills for her family. This has caused her to call me and tell me that I can't have access to my grandchildren. I talked to my son, but he told me that he can't reason with her on this issue. Was I wrong for pulling pulling away from giving funds to her extended family? Absolutely not. You got to understand, once your son got married, okay, he started his own household, right? He's no longer just your son. It's your son and that new wife or that wife, you know, not newlyweds anymore, okay? So that, 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 that entity, okay, that married couple is different. You have a different relationship with them than you do with your son when he was single, okay? And there are different terms in that relationship. So, okay, I have no problem with you pulling back on that because guess what? This is the way I am. I'm not going to force. They're not going to force me to become somebody I'm different and do things I'm not comfortable with. You know, one of the, this is a controlling toxic relationship, right? If you don't pay my parents' bills, you can't have access to my children. Right. And even though they're your son's children too, he is not intervening and saying, "Hey, this is kind of ridiculous. I I, I don't understand why my parents have to pay your, the the bills of your family." for them to be able to see the children. Right. So, number one, I do think you did a smart thing by pulling back the finances. I think finances can, can cause toxicity really quickly. Absolutely. When when money gets involved, people start to feel like they write you into the budget. And so they feel like I can just call, you know, my mother-in-law and she'll, she'll pay my parents' rent. But you cannot be the financial retirement plan for her extended family now your son's a the family right. and for yourself. Now, if your son wants to bump funds to them and give them money, that's between him and his wife. But your household now no no longer includes your son. Exactly. Or your daughter, by the way. And you have a right to decide where you want to expend money and energy. Now, caveat, I know that you want access to your grandchildren. But if you continue to fund things and buy access to them, you will teach her that you want to be controlled. 
Right, and then you have to continue buy access for them. But like you mentioned, that husband, your son, and your wife are no longer part of your household. You have your own household, okay? Adult children have their own households, right? Okay. You have your own household, your primary focus. You've got to take care of your household first. Because obviously you're saying you're in a better financial position than other folks, so if something happens to you, they're not going to be able to bail you out. No. So you've got to make sure you take care of yourself. Also, they're not in a bad financial position because of you. Right, correct. These are decisions they made, but way before, if you're 65, I'm assuming that his in-laws are about the same age. I'm assuming your kids are about 40. At this stage in life, they made some different financial decisions than you, and I think there's a myth out there that if a person um, makes more money than somebody else, you owe it to people to share your wealth with them, and you don't actually owe that to them. You can gift them, but you don't have to, Right. okay? And you don't want to have to buy access to your grandchildren. You want to focus on creating an atmosphere to open the door that people can walk through, but not that you're going to be used like an ATM. I agree. You know, one last question. I'm going to hit it really quick because we're a little bit short on time. It says, um, I'm divorced from my wife, but my mother still talks to the ex-wife. I feel that this is negatively impacting my relationship with my mother. How do I approach How do I approach this conversation with her? That's a, that's a great question. Um, I would start off the conversation um, letting your mother know um, how you feel, okay? Mom, here's the, the impact. Here's how I feel based on your relationship with my ex-wife, you know, speaking for this person here, and let them know that you feel like it's impacting their that your relationship with the mother. I think it's, in fact, impacting our relationship in a negative manner. And here's how. Give an example. We'll have that so she can understand, mm-hmm. okay? And I would give space to let her, um, to have her explain why she's, you know, having that relationship is, is, and make sure she understands how it's negatively impacting you. You want to make sure she has an understanding of that and allow her to respond. Here's the deal. I guarantee you your mother's only talking to your ex-wife because you have children. You didn't you didn't say that in this, but I can almost smell it because that's really the only reason she probably needs and wants to have a relationship with her. But now is that going to – why would that have a negative impact on their relationship, the, the mother and the son? You know, probably because the ex-wife is giving information, details about the marriage to the mother that she doesn't need to know, and they may probably be represented from the ex-wife's point of view as opposed to what the actual truth may be. Ooh, okay. I mean, there's a way that we both have experienced situations, but then when when you tell the story, it may benefit you, and when I tell the story, it may benefit me. Sure. I think the other thing, too, that's interesting is that if he is using his mother as a confidant and so is the ex-wife, something's bound to slip out. Sure. I think the other thing is he probably can't trust mom anymore because if you've got an invested relationship with a person that I am no longer wanting to be a part of their life, then I can't really trust you with information, right? Because what if it slips out while you're spending the night at my ex wife's house? Because you got to understand, I'm the, the only reason you have the, the, the ex daughter in law or even the grandchildren is because of the son. Mom, if I wasn't here, you wouldn't have these people. You know, people differ with me on this, but I feel like, man, if, it, if it's being cordial just for the kids, that's great. But dinners, trips with the exes, I think that's weird. Right. I, I would follow the son's lead, you know, if, if I'm the mom. You know, I would follow the son's lead. If the son is saying, hey, stay back, whatever the case would be. Because mom may not all know the detail of the relationship, what's going on behind the scenes. Okay. i got to follow that line. Because guess what? Those grandkids are not part of the mother-in-law's house or the mom's no. house, right? Here's the other thing. Uh, sir, you cannot control other people. You, you, you can give your mother your idea of what you think is right and wrong, but you can't, like, for, I forbid you to talk to my ex. I mean, like, you can't really do that. You can say it, but you can't force her to abide by that rule. Sure. But I do think you need to tell her how it's impacting you. 
So you asked how to approach the conversation. Sorry. Soft start. Mom, I love you. You know that. I love the way you're supportive of me. I love the way, you know, you, you cared about my wife. I love the way you care about the kids. I'm having trouble wrapping my mind around you and my ex-wife being best friends, especially because I'm feeling some kind of way right now. Right. And I, I need you to pull back long enough for me to be able to wrap my head around it. I think it would help also sometimes need to provide details of, okay, what is what is, what. Is it a appropriate relationship you feel that I would have with your ex-wife? In your opinion. In your opinion. Yeah, because you still can't control it. So just a, no. just a thought about that. And then you might want to, you might even want to, I know I'm a therapist, so I'm going to say get some counseling, but you might want to have a therapist kind of help you walk through that conversation with her about what the issues are and how it may be causing mental trauma for you. Sure. Yeah. All right, one last question. If my marriage is toxic, can I fix it? What do you think, Big D? I think you can. I, I think a toxic relationship can be fixed uh, if the person are, are willing to change. Mm-hmm. Um, so it can be fixed. You know, I believe it can be fixed, but not without a really a large amount of hard work. Sure. I mean, I think that a relationship, it takes work for something to get toxic. Yes. So it takes work, work to clean it out. So if I have a glass of dirty water, it's going to take a little, I can't just say, oh, you know what, I want my water clean you know, bang my head against the wall and the water's clean. I'm going to have to wash the glass. I'm going to have to rinse the glass. I'm going to have to sterilize it. There's things I'm going to have to do. So once you identify what the reasons are for the toxicity and what the toxicity looks like, then see if you can crystallize a way to not use those same things moving forward. And is there something positive you can put in this place to work on it? You know? I agree. Um, so, guys, these are great questions. I'm just going to read some other ones just so you – so if you're thinking these same things, you know you're not alone. Somebody wrote, what if the toxic relationship is with family? Um, and that's a really good question. Somebody wrote, what, is the, what if the toxic relationship is with your in-laws, which we kind of answered a question that answered that question as well. Right. So, guys, these are great questions that you, that you wrote in about. If you have more questions about this topic, email us, and we'll try to get back to you, and we will talk to you next Wednesday, next Wednesday same time. And if you'd like some specific help on an individual case that you're dealing with, definitely call the office, 630-428-2344. Absolutely. And you can also download our phone app, Noel and Associates um, Counseling Firm. It's on your Apple and your Android form, and you can also send us messages that way. All right. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.